We're doing it. Oh, wait, I can't go downstairs. Because there's no cell phone reception. I'm on Wi-Fi! <laughs> Your podcast, and they're gonna be like, Who is the drunk white girl? <laughs> I mean, because that's always my question. Um, who is the drunk white girl? Yes, that's always my question. <laughs> everybody thank you for joining me again on an episode of more than a pretty face um so today i'm so excited to be talking to my friends maggie and rebecca um there guys say hi 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 <laughs> you me i don't i've never done this before this is my first podcast well welcome um so today i have both of them on not just because they're incredible ladies which they are and i am blessed to call them friends but um they're both in interracial relationships and they are both white yes we're just coming out of the gate and saying it they're white <laughs> like what like irish white so yes white, right? um well, and, yeah and they're both what are you are you i'm s- i'm like Super American, like originally from England, but some of the first first people to move from England to America. We created whiteness. It's a whole thing. thing. (laughs) My family Um, did that. Your family, just specifically, they're part of it. Yeah, we can get into that. Um, and they're both at well. Rebecca is married to a black man, and Maggie is dating a black man. Um, so I thought it'd be really great to have them on and talk about uh, interracial interracial relationships in 2020, um, what that looks like, what it's like from their perspective as, as women in this space, as white women. I think that's um, a little different, so kind of, and to have that conversation. Um, so yeah, let's kick it off. Like, do you guys each want to talk a little bit about your relationships? You don't have to be like super in depth, but you know, just kind of explain from your perspective and then we can delve deeper. Hmm. You want to go first? Sure. Well, let me get my thoughts together. Um, yeah. So first introduce yourself. Who Um, are you? Okay. (laughs) Hello. I am Rebecca Tolbert. Um, Jonathan and I have been married <laughs> since August of 2018, and, um, we've been together, we met on Memorial Day weekend, uh, what year was that, Jonathan? 2016? 2016 Memorial Day weekend, uh, we've kind of hit it off right away, and, yeah, that's a little bit about us. I mean, there's so many more things that I could talk about, I don't what do you want to know? Well, that's a good place to start, just kind of starting off right there. So you did kind of the basic intro, when you met, how long you've been together. So it's been like almost four years total of y'all being together. Yeah. And you still like him. I do still like him. <laughs> it's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> pandemic life is crazy. I'm really glad that we still like each other. It's, I mean, it's hard. It's hard it's out here. It's really hard. And Maggie, how about you? 
Yeah. Um, hello. <laughs> My name is Maggie Connolly. Um, I have been dating a wonderful Nigerian man by the name of Obi. Uh, we have been dating for two years, so uh, similarly to Rebecca, but also not similarly, when we first met, we did not hit it off in the same sense of the word. Um, we got along very well. Um, he was very interested. I was getting out of a very horrible relationship. Um, and so pulled a classic white girlfriend zone, uh, which I don't think is, uh, specific to white girls. We just tend to do them probably very often. (laughs) Um, and in the shadiest of ways, um, but yeah, so we were friends for probably like six or seven months, um, and then started dating in March of math 2018, right? Yes, that's yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, it was early enough before our wedding that when you guys started dating, you didn't have an invitation. Yeah. 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 Um, But then I weaseled my way into that one and wore a really great red jumpsuit to your wedding. You looked amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we are two years strong and currently quarantining together, which is a a treat. Uh, It's actually, it's been really good, Um, but it's also been really hard in a lot of ways. but mostly I think it's just taught us a lot about each other for the better. So that's where we are. So for both of you, is this your first like significant interracial relationship? Yes, that would be a, a yes from me. Um, that is a complicated question for me. Because, like many good Christian girls, I have been in some very weird and ambiguous almost relationship, but not really Mm -hmm. kinds of Mm -hmm. things, where it's like, we're talking, but we're not talking, but we're talking about marriage, but we're not in a relationship, really complicated kind of scenarios. So, um, as far as going on official dates... And being my official significant other, um, Jonathan would be the first person in that category Mm -hmm. who is not white. Okay. And did you have any qualms about when you first got into it? You know, did you think anything would go wrong? Did you just kind of enter this as like, oh, this is just another person that I like? Or did you see not anything necessarily wrong with what you were doing, but were you worried in any way? Um, I would say for me, that's such a, it's a a great question. It's a very, like, I feel like standard one. Um, it's weird though, because no, I like didn't really think twice about, you know, once I was like, yeah, I, I like you. I want to do this. Um, I want to see what this is like for us. Um, that was very much, it's like interpersonal of just like, we vibe really well together. Um, let's try it. 
Uh, but my background is sociology, and so of course my mind like was cognizant of the fact that like there's probably going to be some things that are like different, and that I'm going to have to like learn to understand, or like we're going to have to learn different ways of responding to things with each other because we come from very different backgrounds um but yeah I don't I don't think it was like the initial I think at one point though I did I did kind of have this moment where I was like oh god I'm so glad all my grandparents are dead (laughs) (laughs) like like actually because while I love them dearly like they were old generation Irish and Italian and that's like yeah that would have that would have been a tough like topic to breach not that I wouldn't have done it but um there I remember very vividly being like <laughs> oh well yeah good thing Poppy's not around or like I would just have to put up with his shit sorry can I say that mm-hmm. okay you can I say whatever you know speaks to your spirit I didn't know if this was a, a PG <laughs> but yeah so yes and no like I think any of us want to think that we were just like, no, definitely. I didn't think about it. Like, we're all human. Mm -hmm. But at the same point, yeah, I definitely think, like, you can't not think about that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's honestly, in my opinion, like, irresponsible not to. But, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on that. What about you? Oh, man. Um, I definitely thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's interesting for me because in college and after college, I was my community of friends um, was majority like a majority black community. Like that was the church that I attended. That was the um, like college group that I was a part of, and so. Like, the a campus ministry that I was a part of that turned into a church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, being super involved in that community, I became really close friends with a lot of people that taught me a lot about mm-hmm. race and taught me a lot about um, their personal experiences and all of that. And so, and a lot of, a lot of those, like, very dear friends would talk to me about experiences that they've had as black women where Mm -hmm. they feel like they are overlooked and that um you know there's like these black guys and they're only dating white women and all of the things that go along with that and so for me like that's kind of where my head was at when Jonathan and I first met Mm -hmm. um and like not wanting to be one of those like white girls, but also like I don't know, I was like a lot I had a lot of conflicting feelings about race in our relationship. Um especially like when we first started dating. So that's my honest answer about that. So <laughs> so um, very dramatic like so I, I, I mean going 
going off of that, like what was the most difficult part when you first started dating? Like what was the biggest issue that you felt came up? Was it a sense of like shame or like, oh my gosh, should I be doing this? Should I like leave him for the black woman? Like, you know, like all like as silly as that sounds, you know, like, I mean, we're here to be vulnerable and like make you uncomfortable because that's fun. Um, <laughs> Because I don't have to see you in person for a bit because we're all quarantined. But, you know, it's Because <laughs> I don't get to see anybody in person. Except for my husband, who I love, and he's the best. But, man, I miss humans. Uh, no, I would say that there was, for me, there was some, like, shame and just, yeah, the, all of the things that you said. I feel like that was kind of what I was feeling. And it's also interesting because um in college and being involved in that community and after college like going to church um my friends would be like you're gonna you're gonna marry a black man blah blah blah, whatever and I'm like no I'm not like I'm not going to um and they're like why not I'm like I feel like I'm gonna end up with some like nerdy little white guy like that's who I am that's like the kind of people that I've dated in the past like and the guy that I was dating before Jonathan was like nerdy white guy, top top of the line, like super solid human. Um, <laughs> and so it was just interesting to me um, to watch my relationship with Jonathan unfold in light of like all of those things that I was working through interpersonally. Mm-hmm. What about you, Max? Yeah. Um, yeah, there have been so many times where <laughs> I have moments of, like, self-doubt. And then, like, yeah, where I'm just like, oh, man, like, I'm very white. And, like, <laughs> you know, and, and he has uh, an interesting background having been born in the States but grew up in Nigeria and then moved back to the States. He feels constantly like this tension between being African and being black Mm -hmm. um so that's like a whole other thing but there's so many times where I'm like even like you know an African-American woman would just understand some of the things that you deal with or some of the frustrations that you have towards people that like I may not necessarily have um and that quite honestly I'm like learning to have um but yeah in in like the worst of the self-doubt moments it was like maybe I should just like find him a nice African-American girl <laughs> like I, I think I I take on his like like yeah um I'm just like yeah maybe maybe that would be better um and I think ultimately like would probably be easier but I don't know if it would be better um Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know I that's a question for him um but but I know like yeah there's also just been moments um of conflict in our relationship that stem from you know very racially uh triggered things you know like um I remember that our probably our biggest conflict was um about just like the black presence um 
in like communal spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure Natalia, you, I think we've talked about this before of like, mm-hmm. you're walking on a sidewalk and nine times out of 10, the white people just don't move. Like we <laughs> no, really don't like, I'm not yeah. trying to go somewhere anyway. Uh, continue. <laughs> yeah. And so we were in Georgetown, um, which like in DC, if, if your listeners are not from here, um, <laughs> it is like posh, white ass, old money, um, like, uh, neighborhood. And it doesn't help that like their sidewalks are so freaking tiny. They're just so small, like generally speaking. Um, but we were walking in there was a group of like, it was like a middle-aged guy with like two Karens. Um, (laughs) They were walking towards us and there was a lamp post in the way. The sidewalk is small. I like, I stepped out into the middle, like off the sidewalk into the road. OB like very huffingly. I don't know. Like, he was very exacerbated. Mm-hmm. Walked around the light post. The three of them did not move. Um, didn't really say anything. Uh, and then, like, a couple feet later, a dad, a, a black man, with his kid on, like, a tricycle or something, or maybe the kid was walking, um, came around the corner, same sidewalk. Obi and I had popped back up onto the sidewalk, and this dad, like, you know, hugged the wall went single file behind his kid Obi and I went single file and we all passed very like you know set a high mm-hmm. the day it was fine and then we got to the corner of the street we we're about to get into the car and Obi just I forget what he screamed into the air um, <laughs> but he screamed something like I can't stand like ignorant fucks. It was something like that, but it was like so aggressive, it, aggressive. Yeah, Obi. It was, uh, yeah, it was a little aggressive. Um, obviously not ill placed, but it took me by surprise. And I mean, you both can attest to this. My personality is very much like do everything you can to get out of the way of other people. So, like, me walking into the road, not a big deal. I was like, it's fine. I don't care. And I, I honestly, like, did not think twice about it. Also, my experience as, like, a white woman is very much where, like, as a woman, I'm used to, like, getting out of the way. Mm-hmm. And as a white woman, like, I interact with people of my own race very differently like you know um and so I I was like I'm sorry what (laughs) and he was like yeah it's like I can't I was like I think you are completely overreacting which is not the right thing to say (laughs) um to everyone out there (laughs) you're clearly not the right thing to say and yeah it just it, it spurred a really hard, heavy, tear-filled conversation about, you know, like, how each of us move in the world and how Mm -hmm. different that is. And that's something, again, like, I could have all of the academic background to choke a horse about race and culture 
you know, all of this stuff. But in the moment, it was just so hard for me to grasp. And for me, I was like, okay, like, I get it. Like, they didn't move. That's ignorant. Mm -hmm. But, like, did it really, you know, deserve a response like that? Like, that was really aggressive. And he was, he, you know, very clearly was like, listen, like, I don't get a choice a lot of the time Mm -hmm. on, like, how my body is perceived and is forced to move and so when I can respond and relate I I will and that is okay um and I think it's still hard for me to grasp sometimes because again like I don't like for me I'm always just like well we just like you know take your anger out quietly but like sometimes (laughs) things are really infuriating and you can't Mm -hmm. do it quietly like it's just that's not what's called for um but yeah so we we're on our way to mas- to a massage um like a couple's massage <laughs> in that moment too but like not exactly the most relaxing experience leading into a romantic like fun spa day um and I'm pretty sure Obi <laughs> I think this is my favorite part of the whole thing so we like you know hashed it up in the car definitely was not resolved by any stretch of the imagination but had like come to a point where we both felt good and that we had been heard and um you know had learned some new things about the other person walked in to get our massage laid on this like dimly lit table or like on a table in a dimly lit room Mm -hmm. um obi proceeds to pass the fuck out on his uh masseuse's table and i proceed to cry (laughs) all while thinking i cannot be a mother to black children i will ruin them like and it was just like both of our experiences were very different both of our responses were very different um but yeah and that's like I, again, I think that was, like, the biggest, one of the biggest conversations for us um, that I look back at, and I'm like, that was really good, but in the moment, like, I was having an identity crisis, and still do, like, constantly, of just, like, can I do this? Am I enough? Am I gonna, like, mess up some, like, beautiful child who's gonna be, like, you know, not know who they are? Um, because they have a white mom. I don't know. Obi and I aren't even engaged yet, but these are the things I think about. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, but I think that's really like interesting to point out is this idea of space and how you take up space. And I think it's important <coughs> to recognize that even in like 2020, well, that was not 2020, but you know, in this day and age, we, you know, we think about, um, is like, how is that still happening? And, and is it, why is that still happening that we still have to have that like feeling of we're taking up too much space? And I remember, um, when Obi and I were getting pedicures, this, (laughs) which like, he really loves self-care. He does. He loves self-care and I appreciate a friend who can get self-care with me. So we were, um, so Obi and I were getting our pedicures and he was, we were, we were talking about racism and what it means and what it looks like to be racist and you know we we have this idea that like 
it shouldn't be like this. We're in 2019. We're in 2020. Like, why is this? And and Obi brought up a really good point. He's like, Natalia, like, it really isn't that long, like, in history. And I think that is something that we constantly have to reconcile with. The idea that, like, it really hasn't been a long time in history since people of color, specifically, like, Black people, can take up space in new areas, can you know, walk on the sidewalk that they want to walk on, that not at every turn someone's going to cross the street so they don't have to pass them. Like, I, I think that's something very, I don't know, I think it's I think it's really telling that we're weirdly caught between the space of, like, it hasn't been a long time, yet we think it should have been enough time. And knowing and being friends with the people that you guys are together with, they're they're black like and i <laughs> i mean yes it's the point of this episode but like they are <laughs> they're like black black there there's there's i'm sure you know what i'm saying they are like there's they are very in touch with their blackness very like about it very about the black community um and i think in some ways that also kind of surprises some people i feel like if you don't know them because they're dating white women because i think there's a stereotype of the type of black guys that date white women um but knowing them and how like black you are not saying anybody's blackness is more than anybody else's but i think when we think about blackness i think they like very much fulfill that identity and and then to be with white women i think can kind of cause a shift do you for either of you what was it like to experience that them in their blackness knowing that you're not <laughs> like having to kind of like adjust to that this i can i feel like for for us it's been interesting because guys real quick i just need to i need to say that um obi just texted me asking when him and john are getting their own episode anyway <laughs> i like knew that was yeah, I feel like your listeners need to know that also um, our significant others are best friends. They are. Um, can't have one podcast myself. <laughs> oh, um, gosh. They are the best. Actually met Jonathan through Obi. I knew Obi first. Um, so oh, wouldn't that be great if we could say that I met Obi through you guys? I wish yes. that you had. That would have been, well, no. too late. Um, <laughs> It's fine. We'll take what we can get. <laughs> um, I don't remember. What was your question? So we were talking about... Oh, um, we interrupted. <laughs> I'm now in a group chat with them. This is ridiculous. Anyway, I, like, I, I was asking about what's it like to kind of be women coming into this, into somebody else's identity and, and what that looks like and someone who identifies so much in in that identity because I think... I think being black is something that is so unique and um, there are so many different sides and facets to them and all of them are validated. And I also think like society has this kind of idea of what blackness may look like. And I feel like, you know, Obi and John like really fall into that and not in, and not in a bad way at all, but just very like 
they talk a lot about about race and identity and they talk about you know how do we lift black boys up in the community because they're both also in um well we used to be but in the architecture space and i know jonathan works on bringing black young men into that space and exposing like so how is it like coming into that space for the two of you so yeah for me um with my background and some of my like relationships before i knew that like i said i assumed that i was going to end up with a white guy um but it was really important to me to be in a relationship with somebody who understood um the actual racial dynamics in the united states um the oppression that still happens, the racism, systemic racism, structural racism that is very much a part of what's going on. I knew, I was like, regardless of who I'm with, that is really important to me, that Mm -hmm. that that is part of our relationship. Um, And so, like I said, the like sweet, sweet white guy that I was dating before Jonathan, um, he did understand that. And that was like, very important to him which I really appreciated about him um and so I was like kind of very roundabout but um I think coming into my relationship with Jonathan it's always been something that we've talked about it's been something that we have addressed but even even if you talk about things and even if you address them um it doesn't mean that you all it's easy to like work through them interpersonally so we've Jonathan and I have been talking about racism and oppression since very early in our relationship and what it looks like for me to carry myself in space for him to carry himself in space like we were we dove right into these conversations um but even now like at the deeper we get in our relationship with each other the deeper we get in our relationship with ourselves and understanding ourselves and all of that um it's kind of wild because we're still understanding different aspects of our personalities and our cultures that impact each other even and even things about like the way the assumptions that I make or things that I do um that are like racist because of the way that I've been raised or the way that I understand the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and having him like call me out on that, be like, Hey, that's racist. You can't like, or like that's an oppressive way to look at things or like that perspective. You sound like a white savior when you say things like that. Like he will mm-hmm. like straight call me out on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, which I really appreciate. He is, yeah, I really, really appreciate it. Um, and we had a conversation, I don't know, it was a couple months ago. It was before, before the pandemic. So like, who knows what time was before then. real. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a conversation where he was like, I am tired of being surrounded by white people mm. and I need a break from whiteness to his like, white wife <laughs> to me which is real right yeah like, yeah the way that he has to 
carry himself or the way that he has to interact with people um, because he is worried about being perceived as a threat or because of how people respond to him. Like, that's exhausting. And as a person who, like, the way that I talk and the way that I have conflict is I'm, I'm very white on all of that and so so when we're in conflict and Mm -hmm. he's talking the way that he's talking the way that his family talks the way that um just like culturally he's he's having conflict with me and I am getting like triggered because my family doesn't do conflict that way and like it's exhausting for him um and that's cultural that would be you know across cultures that's a thing um but you know it's all it's all connected i'm rambling (laughs) no it was great (laughs) and what about you mags yeah um i think it's been it's actually been really neat and dare i say fun for us (laughs) um kind of see how um, me entering those spaces uh, in a lot of ways uh, is still very different and hard and a learning curve for me Um, but also there's a lot more similarity um, than I think we have given initial credit to um like I mentioned he is Nigerian uh and so there's a really big like tribal mentality in his family um and the way that he thinks he is you know this he's super about his community yeah um whether that's his family or it's like the people that he's chosen to be a part um of his family so that is like really really important uh to him which is something that i absolutely love about him um but i think i've seen a lot of similarity in how we talk about our families how we talk about how our families interact with our family um i'm yeah well very white (laughs) i an irish family is you know has that clan mentality um and my Irish family leans into that pretty heavy. Um, so there have been really great moments where, you know, he's interact interacting in a space that is very familiar to him with his family. And, you know, he <laughs> post facto is like, Oh, the reason like we do that. And I'm like, no, that it makes sense to me. Like my family is similar in that way. Um, and I think that's been really fun for us to kind of discover that those similarities are there. Um, but there have definitely been, you know, times when he interacts um, with the black community in a way that I never will be able to um, mm-hmm. and really should not ever try to. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, fair. One, I would look like an idiot, and two, it's just not my place. It's just not, that's not a space for me. Mm-hmm. Um, one in particular is he used to work with um, the the youth at church, and uh, a lot of those boys are, 
you know, young men who grew up in D.C. and he loved working with them. And that is a space that I, from the beginning, have always known that, like, I will probably have no presence in that space. And if Mm -hmm. I do, it will be very peripheral. Um, and only when, like, I am invited into that. Um, and that's, like, that's pretty clear. Also, like, teens are terrifying, and I would never want Them to I cross to the other side of the street for. I cross to the other side of the street. A gaggle of teens terrifies me. Yeah, so, um, but then I think it's, like, you know, there's some more overlap. I think it's interesting for us because, you know, I don't want to speak to his experience but we've talked a lot about it of you know how he feels like he's got one foot in one world and one foot in another and maybe an arm in another world Mm -hmm. like he feels very pulled in many directions um he grew up in texas too as a so nigeria texas (laughs) then dc the whole thing um so he he code switches Mm -hmm. very well um or, I mean, I don't know if that's, like, a great thing, but um, he does it, and he does it when it's needed, and uh, he does it just because he feels, you know, communities and situations and knows how to respond, and, um, yeah, I think, you know, in some of those moments, we, we vibe very well, we feel very on the same page. Those tend to be the whiter moments where he's, you know, like, yeah, has code switched to a more like white facing uh, existence, um, and then you know I spent some Christmas uh, with his family, and that was absolutely lovely. Um, but it was like I was seeing kind of a different side of him. Like I see it come out on the phone when he like talks to them, um, which is very fun, but. When you're interacting interacting in that space, um, 24-7, uh, yeah, I think it's just been, like, I have learned to just take a back seat, mm-hmm. um, and I'm totally chill with that, like, that, <laughs> like, I pick up on a lot, um, it's nice because when we walk away from those situations or other situations, we talk about it. Um, but yeah, I think it's sometimes it's like, I don't notice that he's doing it. Sometimes I do notice that we are in a situation where, you know, it's different for me or, um, but yeah, I don't know if that actually, like, answered the, the question, but, um... No, that was good. I mean, I think I want to expand more on the idea of, like, code switching, because that's something that's talked about so, so much. There's a whole podcast about it, and I think I think that's important to speak on, because do you... I mean, do you feel like John and Obi had to code switch with you guys? Do you think there was at least in the beginning of your relationships where you felt like they were trying to appease you in some way to make you more comfortable. Like, you know what I mean? Like, not at all. <laughs> uh, Cause I met, I met Jonathan when he was hanging out with Obi. Mm-hmm. Like I met him on like 
the two of them together, and we all know they are ridiculous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and so it's funny. The John that I met at the cookout sure is like di- way different than the John that I got to know because mm-hmm. when they're together, Jonathan is like way more like <laughs> loud and ridiculous. But that's not like for him, it's not code switching, it's just like Obi like pulls that out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually a pretty quiet person in general. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so, yeah, um, Jonathan, we've talked about this. I don't want to speak to his experience of code switching. You can interview him about that, but <laughs> yeah, I'll leave it at that. And he's, he's got so many, he's, that's a whole, that's a Jonathan thing. Yeah. I think I'm like, I'm just trying to learn to identify those moments Mm -hmm. um because I think it will ultimately make me a better partner uh when I know when he feels like he has to present a certain way um and yeah I think like Rebecca said I can't really speak to it because I'm still kind of having a difficult time like because he does have his foot in so many different worlds um and he's very vocal about that uh yeah sometimes I'm like I don't know like if he is or not um but I think the process of like learning to identify that not really for any like large like I'm obviously not gonna like call him out on it or you know whatever he does what he needs to do um but it just yeah I think it helps me understand him more was there a time when you kind when you both of you or either of you were kind of confronted with like oh my gosh we are an interracial couple like besides you know what I mean like someone something or someone like it was very direct in your face, like made you recognize the fact or made, or made you feel demeaned in any way for being in, in that type of relationship. I have not had that experience. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, there's been a couple of times, um, Probably most notably, there were two. One, Obi and I were on a walk, and um, an older um, black gentleman who was driving a car proceeded to, like, slow down, roll down the window, yell at what I think was us. It also could, he could have just been yelling at Obi. (laughs) I I didn't quite catch it, and I was just like, but he didn't stay too long, and then he, like, zoomed off. Um, and me being me, I was like, huh, that was weird. <laughs> and I was like, did you catch what he said? And Obi was like, yeah, I, I, he was commenting on us. And I was like, oh, that's fun. Um, it, it was the first time it had happened. It wasn't any, like, super substantial thing. Like, we neither of us really took it. Um 
but yeah, I mean, I've been at like Union Market and have definitely gotten some looks from. Uh, typically, it's black women. Um, at, at least the ones that I've noticed. It also could be coming from uh, white people. Um, and then I think just like the time that I am like most aware of our relationship and it being an interracial one um was probably early on when we started dating and I brought him home to my family just because not even like my immediate family it was my extended family we did like Thanksgiving um and my sister had also was also bringing her um at the time it was boyfriend then it was fiance who plot twist also is my ex-boyfriend um (laughs) Favorite part of that story, trust me. Yeah, he is, like, middle shelf white guy. Like, um, you know, lumberjack-esque, but, like, kind of scrawny. Is a photographer. That kind of thing. So he's, like, very standard white. Um, And, like, my family obviously welcomed them both, but I was (laughs) probably too keenly aware of the fact that, like, my ex-boyfriend, who is, like, standard white, was there, um, and Obi was there, who is a 6'2 Nigerian, and my family, I don't think, passes, like, 5'5", five, five, like, <laughs> including the guys and the cousins and anyone. Um, so that, I think that was just a moment where I personally was just like, oh, I'm very aware of our presence mm-hmm. uh, in a space right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, not to say that my, fa- my family was great. They love him. Um, but yeah, it was just like a moment where it was very vivid to me. Mm-hmm. And so speaking of family, how have you both like, you know, integrated that? What do you, what has, I guess kind of like what has been your family's reaction? You know, how how have you integrated now with their families? Was that a hard transition? Were there what were the things that you had to learn? Um I okay, so Jonathan is from DC. Grew up in DC. His mom is from DC like so his a ton of his family lives here, both on his mom's side and his dad's side. Um, and I met his parents, I don't know, maybe like three or four months into us dating. We went and I got, they got dinner with them, but his mom was like the most open, excited. Like she's, she was so, so wonderful. And she and I hit it off like right away. Um, and so because mom and I hit it off, it made it really easy for me to like go on into the family because <laughs> um, she, she was the best. Um, and so, it, yeah, I personally have felt very at home with his family. Um, his older brother is like, so kind and so wonderful his little brother is like super fun and wonderful and they have just been really incredible um for the listeners because I know both y'all 
know this, but Jonathan's mom passed away three weeks after we got married. Um, and so it was, you know, very early in our marriage, we were doing a ton of, of family, really important, um, family things and grieving together and all of that. And I, because of my relationship with mom, um, never, because she and I were so close, she always wanted a daughter and she had three boys. And so when Jonathan and I were together, we actually, we left the wedding during, we got married in DC. We left the wedding during the cocktail hour and went to visit her in the house because she couldn't leave the house. And one thing that she said to me, or no, she said it to Jonathan. She was like, I know you married her, but she's mine. She's mine now. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so just being so um, loved by her and feeling so valued by her made my transition into their family very easy for me and very smooth and his dad and I also like love each other he's great so yeah I mean as far as like him joining my family um my family is very super different (laughs) (laughs) and like ridiculous and touchy and goofy and um he is very quiet and so it's not really like it's not like a race thing Mm -hmm. it makes it who yeah it's it's a personality thing but he also loves my family I'm not saying that he doesn't but (laughs) (laughs) it's just like the dynamics there are are more like cultural and less Mm -hmm. racial like family culture instead Mm -hmm. of like race and what about you, Maggie? I know you talked a little bit about it, but... Yeah. Um, meeting his family was great. I met a lot of his cousins, actually, before I met his mom and sister. They're so great. I know. They're, <laughs> yeah, his mom and sister are absolutely lovely. His cousins are also amazing. He's got a really great family. He also has a very large family. So there's a very real possibility I will not ever meet all of them. <laughs> um, because I think he has like 70 something cousins um, yeah it's it's absolutely wild um, but yeah I think I actually think like meeting the cousins eased me into meeting his I think I had built his mom up in my head quite a bit because he's mm-hmm. very fondly of her um, he's definitely a mama's boy um, but in like the best way possible um and he's very close with his sister. She's nine years younger than him, though, so he feels very like, protective of her. And um, so I had been hearing all of these stories, and I was like, "Oh man, when I meet them, it's going to be a whirlwind." Also, I was like so ready to just be like, "I'm going to be the only white person," and 
like I I grew up in the middle of nowhere Pennsylvania so that's not a normal experience for me I have been in situations where I'm the only white person but again like the fact that I can Mm -hmm. say oh I've been in situations where I'm the only white person just proves how often I am not the only white person (laughs) in a room um so I was like okay like yeah I'm really excited to meet his mom his mom and sister came up uh for Christmas two years ago and I actually only saw them for like an hour because I was getting ready to drive up to my parents um so it was a very brief thing um but you know slowly like would chat on the phone like you know it was always like a Opie tell your mommy say hi um and then when I went for Christmas that was like that was the big like we're spending time Mm -hmm. with um family and it was great I mean I his again his mom is like the best she's so sweet um she's like a mom in every sense of the word (laughs) like she just wants to take care of people who come into her house um she was, like, really excited to cook for me, which I was very happy about. Um, his sister is very quiet. Mm-hmm. That has been an interesting kind of, like, relationship build. We've had conversations about, like, you know, he was like, yeah, I really want you to be good friends with her. And I'm like, I'm trying. Um, <laughs> but it, she's quiet, and, and I know that that's, like, it takes time. And it also is just going to look different. Yeah. Um, and that's okay and I'm so happy about that um and now we're like we have a you know uh text thread why do I sound like a 40 year old (laughs) I got on the text thread (laughs) we have a group chat um we have a group chat and anytime, you know, cousins call, I'll hop on the phone or, mm-hmm. you know, his mom will call me out of the blue or I'll give her a call just to check in. So it's been really great. Like, I I think it's actually been much better than I thought mm-hmm. uh, it was going to be. I think I, I was just worried that it would take way more time for us all to feel um, natural with each other. And I think, you know, they're they live in Texas and we only see them every so often. So there's still room for that. But, um, yeah, it's been, it's definitely been easier than I thought it was going to be. What for, for both of you kind of, what has been the most surprising thing to learn or the most challenging thing to learn? (laughs) Everything. (laughs) So, I thought after, you know, my phone hung up and I thought about it. <laughs> and I feel like this is, I want to say that this is work that I would be doing on myself, regardless of if I were in an interracial relationship or not. But it is much more apparent when you are in one. Um, the kind of unlearning and uh, unlearning, relearning, all of it that goes along with acknowledging your own biases, your own um, 
involvement in a system that is oppressive to other people, your own privilege, like looking at all of that in the face and um, processing it and dealing with it, um, processing what it means to bring my white body into a situation um, and how it, that may make it un how me being a white woman coming into a scenario scenario may make it less safe Mm -hmm. for other people and like what that entails and just like all of that and kind of processing that all the time and I would like to say that these are things that I would be doing and would be confronting in myself but I don't know Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if I would be confronting them as regularly or as intentionally as I am doing because I'm facing it every day mm-hmm. yeah I would definitely agree with that I also think it's like I well I think we would like to think that we would be doing it and I would put myself in that same boat where I would say probably less so because I know mm-hmm. Rebecca she probably actually would be doing this <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think it's, like, it's hard to be in these conversations and to, like, I think it's really easy to say, like, yeah, I just have to unlearn a bias. And you're like, no, that, that thing is rooted deep, you know? Mm-hmm. And it is woven into, like, your being. And so, like, things that you grew up thinking or doing or whatever... And now you learn that they're, like, harmful or hurtful to another person. That's a really hard pill to swallow. And, like, I think people talk about that. But at the same time, they don't... There's no way to adequately express or relay just how difficult it is. And so, while I would also agree with Rebecca... And that I think I would hopefully be doing this work on my own. Um, the work that I have done alongside Obi and with him um, and encouraged by him to do feels like something that I just probably wouldn't even really think about on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, be that because of the spaces I interact with or it's just not a thought that I have or like you know I don't know um so yeah I would agree with Bex but also disagree personally in that like I just some of these things I just don't think would be on my radar to like learn or address and I, I feel that because I feel like there are so many things that we don't think we have to learn about or think we have to know. And I think for, because I know the two, granted, I also met you when you were with black men, but I still even think, even if I didn't, knowing the two of you, just because you are so incredible and you don't make me um ill. Uh, <laughs> glad that we don't make you ill but you know you know what I mean wow. there's just like there's some there's some people regardless of race that like oh you're just like really not willing to 
experience new things or understand people understand that like cultural there's cultural difference in things and like knowing the two of you it's it's so interesting to hear about like I don't know if I would have done some of the work that I have done and I think that's I, I think that's a place where there are a lot of people are in is because you you think you're you know up to snuff or like you know you're in with the cool kids and or you're woke or whatever um and then I think that you're put in a situation where like you really have to be and then you realize that you're not yeah and part of the reason why i absolutely hate the word woke (laughs) (laughs) it's horrible it's a terrible word um but it makes it seem like there is an ending point Mm -hmm. where like for white people that we're just like oh once you hit mecca which is like wokeness (laughs) it's a load of garbage you're done and again like these things are there's like there yeah there's the really big things that are very noticeable and like don't do that or else you are definitely a racist um and there's you know the the slightly under the surface level stuff that you're like you know with a some reading of you know a sociology textbook or a psychology textbook like yeah you can learn those things and then there are things that until you are in relationship not even romantic, but, like, friend, mm-hmm. otherwise, acquaintance. There are things that, as a white person, we just, like, have been so privileged to not have to look at <laughs> or, like, really think about. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, and, yeah, so. Do you, either of you have any fears of, of your relationship or fears, f- not of, but I guess fears for? Did you not hear me say I cried on a massage table? <laughs> <laughs> like, your girl broke down. Uh, yeah, I would say yes. <laughs> I would second that. Um, I mean, I feel like we fear the same things that everybody who loves any black man in any way fears mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. regardless of who you are if you are close to a black man if you're close to a black woman like you worry about police brutality you worry about racial profiling you worry about um the ways that they have to interact with people and the things that they go through and so that, I don't think that's unique to us as white women. I think mm-hmm. it's kind of anybody who um, who loves somebody who is experiencing those things. And then, you know, I do. I, I worry about my kids because if my kids were white kids, they wouldn't have to, you know, like their lives would look a lot different. And they would just take on my white privilege and move move along with it. But my kids are going to be black kids um and yeah I mean technically they'll be white and black but when people look at them they're going to see black children um and there's just so much that is uh, associated with that that I do worry about and things that I didn't think that I was going to have to worry about when I Mm -hmm. was not married to a black man you know (laughs) 
Yeah, and uh, like again, Obi and I are not engaged nor married. Um, but well, we're waiting on it. <laughs> <laughs> but I've definitely, obviously, had conversations about that, and that's like what we're moving towards. But it's that idea of like, can I, as a white woman, like be a good mother to like black children and I think like yeah the obvious answer is like yes I can like I'm kind of like you know have confidence in myself for that but realizing that like there are things I will not be able to teach them that Obi will have to teach them um and there are things that they will experience that I will not be able to understand Mm -hmm. and in a certain to a certain extent, like, I won't be able to say the comforting things that a mother often gets to say, um, or, like, impart wisdom, um, in a way that I think I would to white children, um, like, it's just gonna, it's gonna be a different experience, um, as a mother, um, and I think that is often very scary, um, honestly. Um, but, well, I don't know if I want to say but. I think I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I don't think I need to force it to be hopeful. I mm-hmm. think it's, it's totally fine that, like, for me, that's one of, like, the more scary things is just, yeah. like, how will we navigate together mm-hmm. that, um, and also, like, I'm the type of person who, like, you know, I I have thoughts of how I want my life to be, like we all do. And, you know, there are some things that I'm going to have to learn to, like, let go of, and I think that's totally fine. Like, those things are fine to be let go of. They're fine to be, like, mourned in a sense, but at mm-hmm. the end of the day, whatever, like, I do get or have... Um, or do is going to be just as rewarding if not more Um, but that process of like learning to acknowledge what you thought it was going to be and then opening yourself up to what it is actually going to be it's a tricky one it's hard that was great okay so my last question that I asked all my guests um, is how do you both define being a woman or womanhood? Couldn't have prepped us for that one. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> I mean, I always surprise everybody like this, um, so you're not alone. So I'm gonna. I'm going to steal from one of my old mentors (laughs) on this one. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I like her, the way that she talks about it. But I think something that is core and unique to women is our ability to give birth. Um. (laughs) <laughs> sorry maggie just like pointed <laughs> i'm not you laughing at that ability i can't do that <laughs> i also you know while keeping in mind um 
the broader definition of the word woman, but I think that that something that is core to like the maternal instinct is to is to create and to give birth to things and to nurture. Um, and so for me, I would say that is what defines womanhood and yes, to be a woman. And what about you, Maggie? Pointing Maggie. (laughs) Um, That's a really great, great question that I, I don't know if I actually have a succinct like answer to. I think I'm learning what that means. Like what womanhood is. It's a hard one for me to answer because, and cut out any amount of this from the podcast that you want. All this days. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. But I, I think I just, like, I have worked really hard to rebel against, like, those the cookie cutter like definitions obviously I think a lot of us have I think on a daily basis we're all kind of doing that um and I think while I know like deep down there are things that make women stand apart um I think because in my mind, we've always been forced to stand apart from other people groups. Um, I have worked very hard to like assimilate my understanding of womanhood mm-hmm. um, to meld with other definitions of humanhood, mm-hmm. you know? Um So maybe my short answer would be womanhood is all-encompassing. It is creative. It is beautiful. It is strong. It is motivated. It is, you know, like all of the the buzzwords um, (laughs) that, like, and a lot of them in like intention together mm-hmm. um, I just think yeah womanhood is all encompassing I love that I love both your answers ladies thank you so so much for um, joining me today on this lovely quarantine Tuesday um, and well, you know what day it is <laughs> <laughs> so. only because we said it in the group chat uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you guys have anything that you want to promote, uh, shout out to last thoughts, words of wisdom, if you thought of a haiku by now? I already shared my haiku. <laughs> I will hype up, promo, shout out, um, Obi. Uh, oh yeah. Because our boy, um, is such a creative individual. It blows my GD mind sometimes. He's amazing. He really um, is, guys. He really, he really, really is. Really is. We don't hype up men and often on this podcast, but we can hype up Bowie. That's okay. <laughs> um, but he, 
because of corona and the pandemic and the craziness that is our world has had to pretty much like pivot his entire uh life (laughs) um to he to just have other means of income um which is not something he is unfamiliar to by any stretch of the imagination so in a way this was his like homecoming in my mind um because he had been doing this work for a while and then got what he called a big boy job which i absolutely hated because i didn't even like the company um but now he's back to doing his own stuff and it's really incredible you should check out his instagram um, he has, I think, a link in his bio. I sound super millennial right now. I'm gonna. Um, I put a link in the show notes. I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah. Um. But he's selling prints, and they're really beautiful. He we bought some. So I did yeah, buy one. I'm good. waiting on it. Um. Oh, he just told me that the ones, if you place an order, they just shipped. So you should be getting it soon. Um. But then he's releasing a couple fun projects for himself. That will probably turn into more than just one project because that's how magnificent his brain is. So, awesome! He's incredible. He is yeah. incredible. He's an incredible creative. Um, it'll all be linked in the show notes. Um, so, thank you everybody for listening um, for, to another episode of More Than a Pretty Face. If you want to uh, connect with the show, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pretty Face Lady Three. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, haikus, uh, you want to say hi, you know someone who should be on the show or you would like to be on the show, please email us at um, prettyfacewomen, mtapfpodcast.com. Talk to you soon. Bye.